What's up, guys? You're listening to the Punky Out Podcast, episode number eight, talking about the cost of your brand experience, aka the cost of using the best or even just the right tools. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Punky Out Podcast, the podcast for scrappy entrepreneurs like you that want to close more sales, make more money, and leave a bigger impact. I am your host, Ashley Burnside, serial business experimenter, boy mom of three, rebellious introvert, and the founder and lead marketing scientist of the Punk Project Email Laboratory. Each week, I'll be bringing you new episodes to help you gain clarity through bite-sized lessons straight to your eardrums in persuasion, marketing, and entrepreneurship to supercharge your business. Welcome to the rebellion, my friend. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about the cost of your brand experience, aka the cost of using just the best tools. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry if I get a little ranty today, but I hate when I see this and it happens so often. People in Facebook groups complain that something is too expensive, so they make a clunky workaround or they string together a bunch of B-list software. What ends up happening is a client experience that matches. It's a strung together B-list client experience. Now, if you're selling a high ticket offer, like in the thousands, you're going to find you're not getting repeat business. Elite clients want an elite brand experience. And even if you're not at that level yet, if you want to be, you need to make sure that everything else is in line. So let's just take, for example, if you paid money stay at the top level suite at the Hilton, wouldn't you be pretty disenchanted to be led to some budget courtyard view motel room? Fuck yeah, you would. Here's the other thing that's happening. You're freaking out because you're not making money. You're either not optimizing these softwares to their full potential, or you're not strategic enough in getting an ROI on this stuff. The biggest one that I hear about, obviously, is email marketing platforms. I can't tell you how many times a week I see a post in a Facebook group that goes something like this. Oh my God, I pay $300 a month for ConvertKit. Where can I switch that will be cheaper? I just can't take it anymore. (laughs) Makes me want to pull my hair out. These people have thousands upon thousands of people on their list, like typically over 15,000 subscribers. And they're concerned about spending $300 on a software that could be also making them thousands. So they switch to something simpler and far less powerful, like MailChimp or Mad Mimi, Flowdesk maybe. So And this just blows my mind because what they're not seeing is that they're only like two to three quick funnels or quick sequences and retargeting campaigns away from making thousands a month from that email list. It literally blows my mind. Actually, I have a story about this one. Let's call her Daisy. So Daisy had come to me and she had a list of 25,000 subscribers on ConvertKit. She was paying a couple of hundred dollars a month for this list. She was sending regular emails, but that was it. As far as she could tell, her email list wasn't actually making her money. That's not ConvertKit's fault. But for some background, Izzy is a self-taught interior designer. She made gorgeous living spaces that were absolutely mind-blowing. She designs living spaces as a service locally and then has a teaching blog where she teaches the concept so people can do this for themselves. She also told me that she was getting published by a big traditional publisher on like a do-it-yourself home decorating guide, um, which was amazing. 
but that was it. Like, <laughs> that was it. So Daisy also had, uh, on top of the, the book that was coming out, she also had this one particular product that she was an affiliate for that she was making a few thousand dollars a month in affiliate sales from, from like just her blog traffic. Like, that was it. It was a lesser known like robot vacuum or something that she swore by. So she was making a decent number of sales through this product just from blog traffic. And she said she did have a comparison chart freebie and a user guide with like tips and tricks that was a downloadable that was attached to this particular blog post. And she was getting a lot of opt-ins and the end, like that was all she was doing with it. Guys, I know it might not be obvious to you. But Daisy was one simple email sequence away from getting an ROI and convert on her ConvertKit subscription. So if she had just set up a simple little sequence, it could be something as, here, you know what, I'm going to outline it for you right now. Email number one would be the delivery of the guide and the comparison chart with affiliate links included. From what I understand, she already had this one in place. She could have included an additional three emails, and I'm going to outline those right now. So she could follow it up. Email number two it would be like a follow up with an additional trick on like usage, um, maybe best practices, how often to use your robot vacuum and use a testimonial or like a direct client story for like if if she had a local client that was using this on how awesome it is with a direct call to action to buy it with her affiliate link. Then she follows up email number three, a day or two later, another just quick story. This could be maybe a reader that had bought it and thought it was awesome with another quick call to action to buy. And then the last email, again, another day or two later, this will be the last one. And she's going to really appeal to the emotional side. She's going to talk about why she loves this particular vacuum, um, this robot vacuum, even though it's off brand, why she personally loves it. Maybe she'll include a personal story. And then she's also going to leave it with one last call to action. If she would have done this, instead of just leaving it at the one email and like crossing your fingers that people would buy it, she would have seen drastic sales. So this is where I want to go. What this whole episode is about is really just evaluating whether a tool is worth it for you or not. And so the way that Daisy could do this, not only like obviously making a plan like this, but... The way she could be able to evaluate whether something was working and whether it was worth it or not was by establishing something called KPIs or key performance metrics. So for me, and I'd argue all service-based digital businesses, there are two key performance metrics that you should always be tracking and that should always be top priority for you. And that is number one, your sales calls. And number two, your email list growth, because both of those correlate directly to each other and to your bottom line. So email lists are golden little digital relationships for your online business. These can be nurtured into hot prospects and people that would buy your services, or they can be led down a different journey that sells them into a course or digital project or like Daisy into an affiliate product. Email list growth is potential revenue. That's what I want you to hear here. Email list growth is potential revenue. And sales calls, on the other hand, mean client growth, which is an even more direct means of bottom line growth. So everyone, everyone should be tracking those metrics and investing in tools that help those things. That's why anyone who's serious about growing an email list to make sales should not shy away from investing in tools to help with that. Tools that create a really incredible brand experience, even for something as simple as joining an email list. So when it comes to your tools, 
Sometimes you might need to have KPIs for them too. And what I mean is that you need a way to measure whether it's working for you or not so that when you do get that bill every month, you're not having a heart attack. If you're getting a $300 email provider bill from ConvertKit or Active Campaign, your first instinct isn't, oh my God, I need to switch. This is so expensive. Instead, it's, fuck yeah, you know what? Active Campaign need an additional $3,000 in affiliate sale this month without me doing anything. Holy shit. Personally, this is why I'm happy to pay for things like lead pages. I'm happy to pay a premium tier for my own email campaign, my, my email provider. I pay for Active Campaign, which allows for some really advanced email marketing like lead scoring and integrating with Facebook ads so I can retarget people that have visited my site or trigger a special sales sequence that people to people that have visited certain pages on my website. It's powerful stuff, but again, only if you're going to use it, if you have a strategy and initiative to actually take advantage of it. And it's the same for lead pages. It's imperative to me that my stuff looks amazing and then I can quickly set up a landing page that becomes an extension of my brand experience and keeps people wanting to interact with me and my brand online. You have to do the same for yourself. Go through your tools. Evaluate if it's really helping with your brand experience. Are you giving your clients a Hilton experience? What are their expectations? And then take a look at your software KPIs. Do you have a way to measure if a tool is working for you or not? If it's giving you an ROI or not? It's time to take a look at that instead of freaking out over it. This is the cost of your brand experience and you need to carefully evaluate the trade-off of being stingy or scrappy with your tools. Scrappy is okay. We like scrappy sometimes. Scrappy means you're building and eventually, when it makes sense and you complete the strategy for it, you'll level up into a better tool. But stingy? Girl, you're just not making a plan. Alright, that was a really, really quick episode, but that's all I have for you today. I hope this helps you guys just be able to evaluate your tools a little bit better and decide which ones are worth investing in and which ones aren't. That's all I have for you today. I'll catch you guys next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was by screenshotting this episode from your phone and sharing it with me on Instagram by tagging at the punk project. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. It really, really helps others find the show, which helps me to help more people. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, renegades.